Mike Evans might see his record end this coming season because of what's happening with the Buccaneers off offense this offseason. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you always get the latest episodes when they drop, or you get notified of late night live episodes like this one. A little late in the day here, so I'm gonna go live instead of doing my normal record, edit, and then publish because well, it'll just make you wait even longer. So we're going to do this thing live. I'm David Harrison, your Tuesday host here at Locked on Bucks and staff writer for BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation on Twitter at DHarrison82. Make sure you're also following my co-host, James Jarko, at JRCO underscore Bucks on Twitter and on SB Nation, where he is the deputy editor of BucksNation.com. Thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listener, your first view of the day. Mike Evans is going to headline our list of losers for NFL free agency now. Whoa, before you before you you fire me off my own show, guys. We don't mean Mike Evans is a loser as a dig towards Mike. Like Mike didn't do anything bad. He, he there's not something that he should have done that he didn't do. But the bottom line is at the end of the day, the way that this team is moving forward through NFL free agency up to this point, Mike Evans residual or a uh, uh, collateral damage, right? That's why the thumbnail on YouTube says collateral damage, no fault of his own, but Mike Evans, certainly uh, his future potentially being impacted by what is happening around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And of course, we're talking specifically about his thousand yard season record right now. Nobody has had more thousand yard seasons to start an NFL career as a wide receiver than Mike Evans. And that record continues to grow every single season. He has another thousand yard receiving season. So we want to see that continue to grow this coming year, right? But the bottom line is, guys, with everything happening with this Buccaneers offense, that just may not be in the cards. Baker Mayfield, quarterback number one, maybe number two. I think my expectation is that Baker Mayfield is going to win the starting job. I know the national media, that seems to be their flavor. Most of Bucks fans, I think, kind of agree with that as well. There is a, a, a portion of Bucks fans that are clinging to the idea that Kyle Trask is going to beat out Baker Mayfield. Hey, look. If Kyle beats him, Kyle beats him. Fantastic. But Baker Mayfield, if he is the favorite coming into this whole thing, last time he had a thousand yard receiver was 2019. Throughout his career, that's the only season that Baker Mayfield has produced a thousand yard receiver. 2018, Jarvis Landry was very, very close 976 yards, but 976 is not a thousand. And Landry had 81 receptions in the process. 2019, both Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr were 1,000-yard receivers. Jarvis Landry led the duo with 83 catches that season. 2020, Jarvis Landry fell well short, 840 yards on 72 catches. And then in 2021, 600 yards wasn't even the, the mark. 597 yards uh, by Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, the leading receiver for the Cleveland Browns that year. 52 catches was the leading reception getter. That was Jarvis Landry. So 
Baker Mayfield's history of producing thousand yard receivers simply is not there. So if he's the favorite coming into the OTA session, into the offseason workout programs, and into training camp, which I think, again, by and large, most people believe that Baker Mayfield is the favorite, that does not bode well for Mike Evans to be able to get his thousand yards. Kyle Trask, if he wins the starting job, well, it's his first year starter. We really don't have a track record to go off of. All I can say is that most of the time, new quarter new quarterbacks first year starting quarterbacks don't tend to produce a whole lot of stats a whole lot of explosiveness but they do tend to lean on their stars right they tend to lean on the tight ends tend to lean on their stars so maybe mike evans has a better chance possibly arguably you could say he has a better chance with kyle trask maybe than he does baker mayfield but i think a lot of that really doesn't even necessarily lie on the quarterback specifically i think it lies within the defense so i think we have to look at Dave Canales and, and some interesting things that involve new offensive coordinator Dave Canales for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was elevated from the quarterback coach position uh, in 2018 and 2019 to passing game coordinator in Seattle in 2020 and 2021, but was then moved back to quarterbacks coach for 2022. And Sanjay Lau was the who was who was a senior offensive assistant coach in 2020 in Seattle was then installed as the passing game coordinator in 2022. So Dave Canales elevated. To passing coordinator 2018-19, but then or 2020-21, sorry, and then not I don't say demoted, but moved back to quarterbacks coach uh while Lyle came in and was the passing coordinator in 2022. Now I found an article from the Athletic that basically cited inconsistencies in the passing game as a reason for that change, which again does not bode well necessarily for Dave Canales if there's some inconsistency in his passing offense, uh coming in here with a young quarterback. I mean, either quarterback is young, Baker Mayfield still relatively young Kyle Trask young and inexperienced if there are some inconsistencies there inconsistencies in the passing game at the quarterback position will trickle down obviously to the receivers now Seattle did produce 2,000 yard receivers in 2022 Metcalf uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both had thousand yard seasons DK Metcalf did it on 90 catches Tyler Lockett did on 84 572 total pass attempts by the Seattle Seahawks in 2022 Dave Canales, not the passing game coordinator for that season, but I mean, look, he's there. He's in the coaching staff, right? Um, so obviously he's seeing that, you know, that can be kind of effective and produce some thousand yard receivers in 2020 and 2021. When Dave Canales was the passing game coordinator, there was 1000 yard receiver in 2021, which was Lockett 1,175 yards. Metcalf uh, had 75 total catches Lockett 73 total catches uh, 495 pass attempts that year. Russell Wilson, the quarterback for Dave Canales in his passing game. In 2020, Dave Canales' passing game coordinated offense had 2,000-yard receivers, so that's that's a positive. Metcalf had 1,300. Lockett had just over 1,558 pass attempts. Those pass attempt numbers are going to be kind of important historically because Evans has had four of his 1,000-yard receiving seasons fall less than 100 yards from missing the mark, so less than 1,100 yards in four of the seasons that Evans has had 1,000-yard receiving seasons three of those seasons the Buccaneers threw the ball less than 600 times and if you go back to Canales's history with the Seattle Seahawks less than 600 passes in all three seasons all of his last three seasons with the Seattle Seahawks including two seasons when he was the passing game coordinator uh specifically once uh however the Buccaneers threw over 700 times that was the Tom Brady's first year 2020 and then three of those seasons uh they threw the ball over 600 times so by and large, when Mike Evans cuts it close, it's because part of it anyway is because the team threw the ball for fewer than 600 times, which Dave Canales' offense seems to like to do. 
2014 is the only time that Evans had 1,100 or more yards receiving with less than 600 pass attempts. In that season, he had 10-plus targets three in three games of, of that season, two 100-plus yard uh, passing or receiving games, one 200-plus yard receiving game. Also had 1,000 yards or more in an offense that threw the ball less than 600 times in 2015, which was Jameis Winston's rookie year, and 16. And both of those seasons had 10-plus targets six times or more in each season and had four 100-yard receiving games or more in each of those seasons. So if a Dave Canales passing game, which it looks like from the historical data from Seattle, is going to throw the ball less than 600 times, basically while you're cheering Mike Evans on towards that record extension, you need him to get 10-plus targets, and you need him to have those 100-yard games, at least four or five of them, in order to keep those hopes alive. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf, from the time that Dave Canales took over as a passing game coordinator, did not have 10-plus targets in in any more than three games in a single season. Now, that's two talented receivers. The Buccaneers have two talented receivers as well. So Dave Canales' passing game, from a statistical analysis, which, again, stat scouting can be dangerous if you take it as a totality uh, type of thing. So don't take this as a locked-in totality type of uh, analysis here. But looking at the performance numbers, looking at multiple years of performance numbers, not a lot of receivers in a Dave Canales passing game-coordinated offense getting 10-plus targets on a regular basis. Uh, Shout-out to everybody joining me here live on Lockdown Bucks on this Monday night. This is our Tuesday episode. Dog's best friend. Has Baker ever had a wide receiver like Mike Evans? No, he has not. Very, very valid points, 100%. Um, hopefully, it works out for Mike. It works out for Baker. It works out for all of us because uh, we all want to be happy here with Buccaneers football, right? Coming up next, Antoine Winfield Jr., another free agency loser here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, nothing that Antoine did or should have done that he didn't do but more so collateral damage with what is going on around the Buccaneers franchise right now. We're going to talk about that next coming up on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. And today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. The NCAA tournaments are heating up. And there's no better place to get in on the action than at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. And then you can wager on everything you want from money lines to point spreads. You can even wager on who's going to be cutting down the nets when it's all said and done. And you can do it all from an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Trust me, if I can use it, you can use it. So don't miss your shot. A no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Thanks again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or your first view of the day, or if you're joining us live here on Monday night, potentially your last view uh, or last listen before you Go to bed, or if you're a night worker, uh, very, very grateful, very, very uh, happy and proud to be joining you here, hopefully keeping you uh, as as alert as possible as you go through your nightly duties. Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to join our list of losers from NFL free agency, along with Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, just like Mike, nothing that they're doing wrong, nothing that they should have done that they didn't do, more so a ramification of just what's going on around the organization. Some of the salary cap moves, Uh, that they made to win a Super Bowl, try to win a second Super Bowl, kind of coming home to roost right now and limiting some things here or there. But Antoine Winfield Jr., 
is in a situation. So with Mike Evans, right? Mike Evans is in a situation where, like was pointed out in the live chat, perhaps he can actually improve that situation and make it something better. I mean, we've seen Mike Evans get a thousand yard receiving seasons with some pretty rough quarterback play, right? So it doesn't, you don't need a hall of fame quarterback uh, to get Mike Evans a thousand yards. It helps. It's great, but it's not required. Absolutely. Um, but Antoine Winfield Jr. is kind of in a situation where he can really only do what he can do. And there's not a lot he can do to make the situation next to him better because as of right now, Antoine Winfield Jr. has no running mate in the defensive backfield. Currently projected to be the starting safety opposite of Antoine Winfield Jr. is, who do you think it is? It's Nolan Turner. Nolan Turner, second-year undrafted free agent who played one snap on defense last season. That is your projected day-one starter next to Antoine Winfield Jr. Now, I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't believe that's who it's going to be, right? But as we look at the roster right now, post-first and even really second wave of free agency, that's what the Buccaneers are looking at. So apparently a rookie is going to be starting opposite of Antoine Winfield Jr. And you have to think if that's going to be the case, and you're probably targeting a day one or early day two safety to be that guy. We've talked about Brian Branch out of Alabama as a potential fit. We talked about Sidney Brown out of Illinois as a possible fit. But whoever it is, that rookie is going to have some really big shoes to fill right away. Because when you look at the available safeties, you know, it's, it's not as bad as who's available in August, right? But if you're still available here, as we're getting ready to turn the calendar towards April, there's a reason you're still available as we're getting to uh, getting ready to end up or uh, wrap up the month of March. So that rookie is going to have some really big shoes to fill. How big? Well, 69% or so uh, big. Starting safeties in Antoine Winfield Jr.'s short three-year career so far. Uh, Mike Edwards in 2022 was the primary snap getter. He's played 72.6% of the safety snaps opposite of Antoine Winfield Jr. 2021, it was Jordan Whitehead who played 69.7%. Some injuries involved there. 2020, Jordan Whitehead played 86.3%. So those are the snaps you're looking to replace here with a potential rookie. It's 72% last year, 69% the year before, 86% the year before that. Now, Winfield himself played 97% of defensive snaps his rookie season. But I think we will all agree, Antoine Winfield Jr., not the, the case study, right? Antoine Winfield Jr. is not the norm. He is not the, the trend. He is the standout. He is the exception to the rule, right? So you can't really expect a rookie to necessarily come in and play 97% of the snaps. And even when Antoine Winfield Jr. played 90% of the snaps, according to PFF's grading algorithms, that was actually his worst graded defensive performance, which makes sense. You're a rookie. It's, it's an adjustment to play in the National Football League. So it's not just about being on the field. It's about having quality on the field. And I don't think you can expect every day two safety to play up to the level. Uh, that Antoine Winfield Jr. did. So in 2022, there were six safeties drafted in the first two rounds. So there were six rookies in day one, and then the second round in day two uh, drafted in the National Football League. Those guys, if we look at those as those potential kind of prototypes or comparisons to who might be Antoine Winfield, Winfield Jr.'s running mates uh, this coming season, Kyle Hamilton was the highest graded of them all, and he played 53% of the defensive snaps for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the next highest, well, actually the highest percentage of snaps played was Jalen Petrie and Jaquan Brisker. Jaquan Brisker played 100% of snaps for the Chicago Bears. Jalen Petrie played 93% of snaps for the Houston Texans. So again, kind of the exceptions, right? Because the rest of these guys, Dax Hill played 14% of the snaps for the Bengals. Lewis Seen, 1%. Lewis Seen played two snaps on defense for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Brian Cook of the Kansas City Chiefs, 32% of the defensive snaps. So again, the, the the trend is 53, 55% or less 
not 93, 100%, 97% like Antoine Winfield Jr., Jalen Petrie, and Jaquan Brisker. But again, even for the guys who played a lot of snaps, Jalen Petrie was graded out by PFF as a defender at 54.7. And Jaquan Brisker was graded at 67. So not great grades, solid for a rookie. I think 67, you you would take that if you if you get a rookie like Jaquan Brisker, which I remember very vividly kind of pounding the table, hoping the Buccaneers were going to target Jaquan Brisker in the draft, not saying that he would have done as well with the Buccaneers necessarily. It doesn't always translate. But bottom line is when you look at the type of safeties you're going to get in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, usually you're getting less than 60% defensive uh, snap count. And when you're getting that 50% or higher snap count, you're getting grades that are typically going to be around the 60s, mid-60s, at best, you're putting a lot of pressure on Antoine Winfield Jr., who he himself is coming into his fourth year, still on his rookie deal. You're going to expect him to kind of elevate that player next to him and elevate the play of the defensive backfield by himself. Am I saying he can't do it? No, I'm not saying he can't do it necessarily. But when you're looking at a guy, and you're, if you're Antoine Winfield Jr., again, last year of your rookie deal, you're looking to kind of prove to everybody that you are what everybody thinks you might be becoming and get a nice contract coming out of it having to now pick up the slack for a rookie safety next to you doesn't necessarily help uh, your cause. Nolan Turner, by the way, one snap fewer than Lewis Seen played, graded out at a 70.2. So just put that into uh, context. So again, pushing the need up for safety up the draft board doesn't necessarily help. It actually may even help, or it may actually hurt Antoine Winfield Jr.'s production. 2022 was Winfield's worst running mate defensive score. Mike Edwards actually... Uh, scored graded, according to PFF, lower than any other safety that, that Antoine had, had shared the defensive backfield with. The result of that was the Buccaneers allowing 20, 21-plus yard air passes, air yard passes, so passes that traveled 21 yards or longer before they were completed. Buccaneers allowed 20 of those, and they led the league, the Buccaneers secondary did, in allowing 16 to 20-yard air, air yard completions, uh, that according to sharp football stats. So a lot of deep passes, a lot of explosive passes, given up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, relatively speaking. Buccaneers have $4.5 million in cap space currently, need around $10 million for the draft usually, probably a reason they didn't sign uh, a free agent safety. But even that, when you look at some of the numbers, only Jesse Bates, uh, who is now part of the Atlanta Falcons, got an annual average value on his new contract in the double digits, but even his 2023 salary cap number, under $10 million. So it's not that there wasn't affordable safeties out there. The Buccaneers just either decided not to go after any of them, didn't, didn't strike a deal with them. Again, we don't know who all they talked to, who they didn't talk to, but we do know that they lost Mike Edwards to the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal worth $3 million. Again, you look at some of those explosives, I don't know how much of that they lay at the feet of Mike Edwards, but that might be why uh, he walked out of the door. But given the grade the PFF gave him, if those grades are accurate and reflect what the coaching staff saw, then perhaps that's why they let Mike Edwards walk out the door. Uh, Jerry Gordon, appreciate your question in the live chat. Who is? A ball hawk safety for the Bucs that they could draft this year. Look, I like Sidney Brown out of Illinois. We've mocked him to the Buccaneers several times for that exact reason. I think what we might need to do is a mock draft Monday episode where we kind of evaluate the safeties that are available at each level of the NFL draft, uh, potentially for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, do a kind of a case study and see if we can identify kind of a sweet spot, like second round to fourth round where they need to take a safety before that talent pool really starts to drain. So we'll, we'll kind of give that some consideration here moving forward. As we get into the month of April, thanks for that question. And there, coming up next, Todd Bowles talked about life after Tom Brady. We're going to talk about the comments that he made uh, there within. Coming up next here on Locked on Bucks.
And we're going to do so thanks to Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have your favorite Built Bar, Built Puff, and now it's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. We're in the midst of the Built 16, and I'm voting for Lemon Dipped dipped Cheesecake Puff to make it to the Elite Eight. If you want your favorite to win, then you're going to be voting for your favorite bar as well. And when you do, you will be entered into a drawing to win 50 locked-on boxes of Built. Free boxes of Built getting sent to 50 locked-on listeners. Not only that, but one locked-on fan is going to win a 12-month subscription to Built and have Built's best bars and puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. Guys, check it out. There is no link. If you go to built.com, there is no link to go to builtmarchmadness.com. You have to go to builtmarchmadness.com directly to vote and to be entered into these drawings to win one of 50 free boxes of built bars or a 12-month free subscription to get a box of built bars every month. And that URL is only being put out on Locked On Podcast Network. Therefore, you are an exclusive group. Take advantage of it. Built Bar is the best tasting bar on the market. So good for you. Tastes amazing while delivering high amounts of protein with low sugar, and it's covered in 100% real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop on in and support your pick at BuiltMarchMadness.com. Built different. Final segment here of Locked on Bucks, your Tuesday episode, live Monday night. For those of you joining me, appreciate you. And those watching after the live and listening after the live, we greatly appreciate you as well. We're going to wrap up today's episode with Todd Bowles talking about Tom Brady. Eventually, it will go away, but this is still life after Tom Brady. It, just, it was not that long ago that Tom Brady was still a quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so it's kind of to be expected. But he was asked about replacing Tom Brady and Coach Bowles said, quote, quote, when you replace a player of that magnitude, first of all, you don't replace him. Uh, this was said to NFL media's Judy Batista in Phoenix at the league's uh, annual meetings. Uh, continuing on, you lose aura. You lose the expectation of being great. That doesn't mean you can't be great. You just have to do it more as a team. We did it as a team when he was there, but he was such a great player and a great person that you focus all on that. And now that that is gone. The perception is that everything, that everything else is gone when really it isn't. We have a lot of good players on our team and both sides of the ball. We have some pieces to fill, but we have a lot of good football players on our team. And we just have to understand that and not go with the so-called outside narrative and do what we have to do to win ball games. End quote. Um, I like what Todd Bowles here, what Todd Bowles said here uh, a lot, because one, first of all, we we hear a lot of coach speak, right? And people try to kind of ignore the the storyline try to bury the lead right todd bowles i like here just come clean with it you know what i mean there is an aura there you lose that expectation of being greatness let's be honest if if you're if you're a bucks fan pre-brady you remember what it's like how many times did we have these conversations where you're listening in after a loss and james and i are trying to console you we call it group therapy right but telling you like look this roster is talented Levante David is a good linebacker. He's underrated. Mike Evans is one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the National Football League. Young Chris Godwin is going to be a really great player someday. Like there was a lot of a lot of talent on this roster that just did not live up to the potential on in a lot of these years, and a lot of that had to do with coaching. We talked about coaching problems uh, and all those things. 
in the years that led up to not only Tom Brady coming in, but Bruce Arians and his staff coming in, taking more of a teacher mentality towards uh, handling this roster. And I think the message here for the Buccaneers as a whole is to believe in your own talent, right? Tom Brady is one guy. Like, I understand that Tom Brady, greatest quarterback to ever play the game, certainly the most accomplished quarterback to ever play the game. You have the MJ versus the LeBron conversations, right? And people are already talking about Patrick Mahomes. And is he better or is he, you know, not better than Tom Brady? I think what you have is you have the more accomplished player and you have the more athletic player. And that's that's a fair comparison to make. But at the end of the day, nobody has done it the way that Tom Brady did. Nobody's going to do it the way that Tom Brady did. When Tom came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, immediately, everybody suddenly realized how great Levante David is. Everybody suddenly realized how dominant Mike Evans could be, how great Chris Godwin was on that trajectory before he, he injured his ACL. And but you know, as Bucks fans, if you've been here since before Tom Brady, you know those players have been talented since before Tom Brady arrived. Levante David was doing Levante David things since before Tom Brady arrived. Same thing with Mike Evans, same thing with a lot of these guys. Everybody else just kind of noticed it. What this team has to do, I think what Coach Bowles is trying to get at is take that feeling of we can beat anybody, and they have to beat us. This isn't the Buccaneers having to compete. This is the Buccaneers coming in as a competitor. We don't, we don't need to show them we can compete. We are a competitor. The teams that make this, the, the players that make this team competitive are still there. But what you have to worry about, and I think what Todd Bowles is a little bit subconsciously giving away, is that he's a little bit worried about this team, as much as the national media wants to tell the Buccaneers players, it wasn't you, Mike. It wasn't you, Levante. It wasn't you, Devin, Antoine, Vita. It wasn't any of you guys. It was Tom. It was all Tom. You go to last season and the, the divorce the distractions, the time away from the team, the, you know, the, the divorce proceedings that happened right after a heartbreaking Thursday night loss, like all of these things that's just kind of sucked the energy and the aura that Tom there, that Todd Bowles talks about away from Tom Brady. And you can see that they appear to have kind of trickled down into the rest of the team. I think that's gotta be a little bit concerning because it's almost like if Tom Brady isn't here to bring that juice, if Tom Brady isn't here to inject that greatness, maybe we just don't have it at all. And I don't, think that that's the case and then when you look across this roster uh and you have some really great players and some really great pieces that are talented on their own and hopefully one of these leaders is going to be in there doing what tom brady did which is convince them all show them all that you can still be great and still compete because the nfc south is so wide open uh, you know Derek carr is, is a good quarterback you've heard me uh pound the table for him to be a buccaneers quarterback if and when tom brady was gone when he became available i still tried to make the case for the buccaneers to go after him obviously he didn't but even with Derek in the, in the division at another place, even with the number one overall quarterback about to enter the division, even with maybe Desmond Ritter, maybe Taylor Heineke, this team and all the money the Atlanta Falcons have spent, this Buccaneers roster, there's some holes, right? We just talked about one. Who's going to play safety opposite Antoine Winfield Jr.? We don't know. Is the quarterback going to be able to get the ball to playmakers like Mike Evans? We don't know. But those things can be addressed. They can be addressed by coaching. They can be addressed by players believing in their own greatness and coming out there, putting it on the field, and elevating those around them. I think that's the message from Todd Bowles. I love the message if that's the case. Um, and, and I hope that's what happens, and I hope that's what comes to fruition because uh, James and I have have had a lot of talking about losing Bucks football. We enjoy talking about winning Bucks football. You enjoy hearing and conversing with us about winning Bucks football. So let's hear some more about that moving into the rest of the offseason and into the next regular season. You will continue to hear from us regardless. Win, lose, or tie, yuck. You're going to hear from Lockdown Bucks, and we are always going to appreciate you 
for making this show your first listen or your first view of the day. For your second one, we'd also appreciate if you make Locked On NFL Scouting with Draft Dudes your next listen. Free agency, draft, salary cap management, everything that goes into building a successful NFL franchise. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino have you covered on the Locked On NFL Scouting show. I lost my place. NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes show uh, available on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Tomorrow is WTSP Wednesday here on Locked On Bucks. James will be back and he'll be joined by Evan, the GOAT, Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. So make sure you're coming through for that as well. If you got questions or topics you want to discuss, send them into Locked On Bucks podcast at gmail.com. DM them at Locked On Bucks on Twitter. However you want to get a hold of us, please get a hold of us. One last time today, I'm David Harrison, your Tuesday host of the Locked on Bucks podcast. And until we speak again, please make sure you're checking out everything at BucksGameDay.com, at BucksNation.com. Find me on Twitter, DHarrisonAU2. Find James at JRCO underscore Bucks. And the show is at Locked on Bucks on Twitter. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Fire the cannons. Thank you for joining me right here on Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.